0: This is the Business of Sports. The International Olympic Committee is facing a crisis. Which sport would you point to and say, put your money here? Where the money is flowing inside sports around the globe. Has NASCAR's business engine lost some horsepower? Now I'm paying 5 or 10% what I used to pay to buy the whole team. Michael
1: Barr. Nothing like a cheap hot dog, which is what you should get. Scott Soshnank. How do you put your brand outside of the United States? How do you capture fans around the world? Bloomberg Business of sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Scott Soschnick. On this weekly podcast, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry.
0: This week, we speak with Sam Porter, Senior Vice President at D.C. United and Director of Business and Legal Affairs at Swansea City AFC. But first, let's look at the top stories of the week. Joining us, hello, welcome back, Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Evan Novi williams
1: Should we do the same thing? Eben, did you listen to the show? We'll see. Now we can't see if he lies. Uh, I did not listen to the show. Ah, <laughs> see how he see? just comes clean, bar. I love it. Well, don't worry, Eben. We did not have an entire discussion about whether you would kill Janet on your trip. We, that, did, that did not happen. <laughs> Janet is we currently both alive? We back yeah, okay. alive,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, Rest assured.
0: Uh, let's start with uh, Roger Federer.
2: Yeah, Roger Federer, uh, who has been with Nike for, for quite a long time, just signed a monster contract with Uniqlo. Reported $300 million uh, over the lifetime of the contract, whether he's playing or not, which is, I think, a a pretty important piece of that because he's probably not going to be playing all that much longer. It's a huge deal for Uniqlo, huge amount of money. We had
1: Djokovic, by the way. Had Djokovic a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, and to put that number in perspective, $300 million. Federer's only made about $110, 115000000 in his entire career on the court. So this is almost 3x every piece of money he's made in tournament winnings his entire career. Nike had a chance to match, chose not to because the number is enormous. Uh, but we'll be interested to see what Uniqlo does now that they have probably the most recognizable male tennis player in the world. Bar,
1: you want the good or the bad first? Let's start with the good. The good. Ever been to Uniqlo on 5th Avenue? Uh, have no. you shopped in the store? Uh, no. It's one of those places where I don't even bring the the credit card because it's like shopping hungry. You buy more. I could easily spend ten grand in there.
2: Unsolicited endorsement. Unsolicited here, endorsement. Wait, 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 wait. I could
1: easily you spend ten grand right now. I I mean, how many I'm cashmere saying, I, I, sweaters
2: know. do you need to buy at Uniqlo? <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> they're to spend like thirty bucks. Grand. I
1: I mean, nah, I, I I love the pl- I do. I and we do not get paid by Uniqlo. They're not a sponsor. Hint, hint. If they want to be. But I'm telling you, I can't walk in a, into Uniqlo without dropping big dollars. They, they had those dress sweatpants, which you should definitely try. Uh, I, Evan and I have discussed the dress sweatpants as to whether or not you can really pull this off. <laughs> <Differing> <laughs>
2: totally, totally
1: totally willing to try, <laughs> as everybody in this place knows. Uh, now the bad. As far as this Federer contract, they weren't ready to go. There's no product. This big announcement with Federer, he didn't, didn't even really announce it. Federer went out at Wimbledon wearing the Uniqlo by the way, still wearing Nike sneakers, little mixed message. Yeah, but wearing the Uniglow shirt, and then you go to the Uniglow website, you don't you can't find Roger Federer anywhere. There's no Federer collection, there's no Federer shirt, nothing. That's how you capitalize on this momentum of the this guy going on to court at Wimbledon. Rog- not, not well done.
2: Roger has that. He has a logo through Nike, that, that RF that's kind of interlaced. Uh, he doesn't have that yet. It's uh, coming. He, he hinted that, yeah, there was a chance that he and Uniqlo might be able to use that in the future. But for now, that still rests with, with Nike. I agree with you, Scott. It didn't. This didn't roll out all that well. I mean, it could have been done in a more splashy kind of way. Think about what Puma did to get into basketball last week, which we talked about. You need to have something. Very that, different than what Uniqlo boom, did to get you into You need tennis. to have
0: something. Let's move on now and talk about free agent, well, not anymore, I guess, John Tavares. He must be missing an angel for the Islanders.
1: While you're looking at me, the longtime Islander fan, grew up rooting for the Islanders back in the day, 79, 80 through 83. Thank you very much. Uh, interesting in that, and we're discussing this because the Islanders are a very interesting business story right now. This comes at a time when they're trying to get that new building at Belmont Park, when they're splitting their home games between Barclays Center, where the fan base didn't really show, to Nassau Coliseum, which is closer to the core fan. But if you're an Islander fan right now, and the team didn't quite get to where you wanted them anyway, now your best player and captain is leaving. Yes, you can sell Matthew Barzal, the, the, the rookie of the year, exciting... But you just took a big step back. What does this mean for the business implications of the New York Islanders?
2: It's not great. I mean, they have a new coach, Barry Trotz, who just won a Stanley Cup with with the the Capitals. A lot of Islanders fans clearly thought that he might be staying with with the new coach here and because the Islanders declined to move him at the at the deadline last year, Oops. which is usually what you do when you have a star you don't think you can keep. Given everything the Islanders have going on, losing one of the best players in hockey is not the way to uh, to endeavor into this uh, Mr. Into this Novi process. Williams
1: mentioned Mr. Trotz. He did not mention Mr. Lou Lamorello. So, reason for optimism on Long Island, but very interested to see how it turns out this season.
0: And let's talk about some big news in soccer. No, I'm not talking about the World Cup. I'm talking about Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Perhaps on his way, should I say the whole thing? Should I be the soccer guy and say Juve or Juventus, the Italian champions? He's 30 what? 33? 33. 33 33. years old. Shouldn't he be going to MLS? Mm. I I did that for you, Evan. I did that for you. We're going to get get to MLS transfers (laughs) in a minute. That's what this shows up. We're going to get there. But this is the biggest name in soccer. Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. That's it. If they can get Ronaldo interesting boost for the brand.
2: Yeah, and a lot of money for a guy who's getting old, you know, $120 million transfer fee, plus it sounds like about $35 million a year salary. Uh, But he's one of the best in the world and and is is an eyeball that sells, you know, he sells merchandise, he sells TV rights, et cetera.
0: Our thanks to Bloomberg Business of Sports reporter Evan Novi Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. Now, Scott, let's get into this week's interview. He is the senior vice president at DC United and director of business and legal affairs at Swansea City AFC. He is a former NBA agent and director of basketball at Exclusive Sports Group, and he co-represented about eighteen NBA and NFL players.
1: Certainly, the resume is there, Mr. Barr and Sam Porter thanks very much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Scott.
1: What uh, is the excitement like in D.C. these days? There's a man named Wayne Rooney coming to town. Yeah,
3: the excitement level around D.C. United is really high right now. We just signed Wayne Rooney and uh, we're also in the process about two weeks away from opening Audi Field,
1: our brand new stadium in downtown Washington, D.C. Now, he and I have been talking about this for a while, Barr. Look at how fast he got to, to Audi Field. He took care of the sponsor. That's how you know a guy's on the business side. He's a pro. He, he gets to the sponsors right away. I mean, we'll say Audi Field, Audi Field. We can say a lot. I want to talk more about it. But you put the deal together. You were the guy. How does one go about Getting a Premier League, Premier Star player to MLS. Well, how does that, give me, from the first phone call, how does yeah, that happen? Yeah, I'm
3: happy. I'm happy to do that. So, we have a great team at DC United, uh, from our ownership of Eric Tohir and Jason Levian down to our general manager, Dave Casper, who's very involved in all of our player acquisition and recruiting and, and drafting and everything else that goes on behind the scenes to build out a roster. And so, it was a many person uh, effort to get that done. So I, the genesis of it came from we all know Wayne Rooney. He's kind of been a household name around the world, football, world soccer for a decade and a half. Here's
1: the test bar. You know Wayne Rooney? Yes. Manchester United. Yes, I Jefferson. do. Okay. Yes, that that, do. that means the layperson knows him exactly. Right. That,
3: exactly. That, Wayne, <laughs> I, I was going to say something, but I'm not. <laughs> Wayne's right up there with with the biggest names in the, in that sport in the in the sport of, of soccer football and. He was coming off of a season in Everton. Uh, We had seen him play live a few times, and he was Everton's leading scorer this year. Everton finished top half of the table in the Premier League. Uh, It was his first season back with Everton after spending 14 seasons with uh, Man United. And we, now that we're opening the new stadium out of field and have revenues that can justify spending on a Premier type of a player like Wayne, uh, we wanted to go get somebody that was going to make a difference to us uh, first on the pitch but then also help us connect with fans and the broader socket marketplace in the country and uh, specifically in the DC market and and so the process was just like any other sports deal reaching out to the player's agent so we connected with with Wayne's agent a uh, n- lovely gentleman named Paul Stretford uh, Paul was like hey you know we didn't we weren't really thinking about this right now but but let's talk.
1: And really wasn't thinking about it at all because if I'm looking at David Villa, if I'm a player, I'm starting to think about hey, how much can I earn playing there? Not as much stress. I mean, David Villa walks around New York nobody knows who he is. They kind of like it at this point in their career.
3: Th- that's right. So so Wayne had a multi-year deal with Everton. So I think they weren't thinking about it at that juncture quite yet cuz I think they thought he was going to be with Everton for a couple of years and for a variety of reasons. I, I think that maybe, maybe they're just a disconnect between the player and the club there of what that next couple of years were going to look like. So it opened the door for DC United to come and get involved. And DC United is a very historic club in the MLS, the all time most trophy winning club in the MLS. And, uh, you know, has a, has a big presence. So I think there was a connection there. Wayne's a very family-oriented guy. He has four sons, uh, a wife who's also a celebrity in her own right. And I think they were looking for a place where they could come, uh, you know, maybe live outside of the downtown D.C. area, but be part of the city and be part of the team and part of the culture. And uh, Wayne and his agent liked the idea, like the concept that we were working on and, and the kind of the initiatives that we're working on. Uh, I've mentioned the, the new stadium out of field a few times, but we're also building out a 50-plus acre training complex D.C. United type of cam- campus in uh, Loudoun, Virginia.
0: Well, you mentioned Paul Stratford. You used to be what Paul used to be. You were a former sports agent, and then you switched, and then you went to the front office.
3: Smartest what, movie
1: ever made.
0: I was going to ask, what, what propelled you to do that?
3: Well... I knew the owner, the, the owner, managing partner of DC United personally, Jason Levian, and I really was intrigued by the way that soccer and the MLS in in the US was growing. And I, I saw it, and I, I saw it with with a lot of the Eastern Conference teams and and the you know the expansion of NYCFC. I, I joined DC United before NYFC launched, but you could just you knew that was going on, and you could tell that this was a sport on the rise, and to have an opportunity to you know, take that, make that move was very interesting to me because I just saw soccer as a growth industry in our country. And then with DC United specifically, there was the process and works to try to build this new stadium. And I think there was certainly some skepticism in the marketplace. But uh, to me, to have the opportunity to work on a project
1: like this. Get, ha- get behind the weeds. I mean, you're look, tell me some of those sponsors. We know the naming right? So We know we know that. Where'd the money come from? There's a lot of owner money into
3: it. the The District of Columbia, who's been a partner with us on this project, and you know we, we've we've done a lot with them. They contributed about one hundred and fifty million dollars to acquire and assemble the land and the infrastructure around the new stadium. The stadium is about a block south of Nats Park. So there's this vision of a whole entertainment and sports district in this in
1: downtown Washington. everybody's you know that, but everybody's talking about that. l a Live. Everybody's yeah. talking about sports and entertainment, just Tampa. You know, Vinick is talking about doing the same thing, it, right? That we talk about it all the time. That these teams are parts of something. This is a real. This is a real estate play with a team as a centerpiece. That's right. And we're for us, it's a it's a
3: team play and it's a new home for for the club. But there's a lot of real estate going on around it. We are walking distance to the nation's capital building. I mean, that's where this this place is located. So we're right. You see the Capitol building all around Audi Field, and uh, we're also investing in some ancillary. Build out around the stadium footprint, and and so are other real estate developers. So there is a certainly a, a real estate component to it, and a, a kind of a bigger play of connecting this part of DC with Nats Park, the growth that's going around there with retail, uh, housing. It's just a it's a it's a flourishing area of the district, and I think that our stadium is going to be a centerpiece of that.
0: Is it better to be part of an entertainment group? as in the soccer club, as in a baseball club, as in a football club, all under one umbrella? Or is it better off for a team to be an individual doing its business? I think there's there's plus, pluses and minuses to both. I
3: think when you're the team, you can be nimble and you can do things quickly and they make the most sense for that specific entity. But then you also see groups like AEG that own multiple properties and are able to bundle them together and, and do broader deal. So I think uh, I think it's a case-by-case scenario, and there, there's probably you know upside and downside to both, really.
1: Sam, what's the reality of a big-name soccer player coming in, in terms of moving that financial needle? What does Wayne Rooney do for DC United in the ledger?
3: What we project Wayne will do is, we, we already had really strong ticket sales and suite sales and, and sponsorship sales around the new stadium. A new stadium is a big deal for any marketplace, but a guy like Wayne Rooney, who's truly one of the you know, three, four, five most recognizable names in his sport. Um, it just elevates things to a whole nother level f- for us. And what that means is more interest from sponsors, more interest from media, uh, everybody reaching out to us wanting to get how can they get involved with with Wayne. Existing sponsors who want to elevate their involvement, and then uh, sponsors who we hadn't connected with before who are now reaching out and saying this has captured the interest around the DC sports market. We're just coming off of the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup and now it seems like the Wayne Rooney Audi Field DC United story is kind of the focal point uh in the in that market right now.
0: That's a nice thing because you're getting we talked about it earlier, you're getting more sponsors now coming in, especially enjoying soccer. You know, back in the days with like an old coot like me, and it's like soccer, isn't that a thing, you know, where you kick the ball around, whatever.
1: That's years ago. He's now still today, of, he's still one of those. He, he's still it, asking when and if soccer is going to make uh, it in America, well, no, he I've, he actually I realized he asked that question. Sam, he I did, says that
0: I did, and I finally realized that I need to shut up because this is getting off
1: and getting be, big. Be careful! Don't don't let your wife might listen to the show. She's oh, going to hear you. you finally realized you should shut up. up.
0: That was you missed that boat a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, the, the sponsors are,
3: are coming in, and that's got to be a great thing. Yeah, we have some great marquee sponsors with. With DC United, we have Heineken, who's actually built out the deck within the stadium. Uh, that's a multi-year deal. They're a league sponsor, but they also want to do something special with DC United in the new stadium. Obviously, we mentioned Audi several times. The, our front-of-shirt sponsor is a company called Lidos, which is a technology company. We did a uh, private event for them in Audi Field last week to kind of open the stadium and and get a, a test run in. So th- those are kind of three... Of our big major sponsors now, but the, we're in talks with a bunch of people that are coming in and wanting to get involved, and and, and Wayne uh, really helps energize that.
1: Sam, we're talking about the popularity of soccer. One question I posed to Mark Abbott when he was on the show is justify the growing valuations, because on the media side anyway, the numbers aren't there. This is not one of the big four sports in the dollar take. What do you see that justifies the growing revenue, and the and valuations of MLS teams?
3: Well, it's a good question because we have the the World Cup on right now, right? And it's a time where soccer is a popular sport. It's the most popular sport on the globe. And so what, what the MLS is doing is, I think, becoming the best soccer league right now is working to be the best soccer league in the Western Hemisphere. So a lot of the talent comes out of South America, but the leagues have a lot of issues. They're not um, you know, run really well top to bottom from an infrastructure perspective, and so what the what the MLS has the opportunity to do, and, and is doing, and, and should continue to do, is be that best league in the Western Hemisphere. And we have a lot of fans globally. Uh, when I go to the UK, there are always people asking about MLS. There's a lot of interest there. So there's no relegation in our league, and there's there's relegation in essentially every other. Uh, soccer league around the world. So what that means is you never have to worry year over year if you're going to be in the league or not. So right there, you're locked in, you have your spot in the league locked in. And we know that live sports, and, and you guys probably know more about this than I do, but we know that that live sports truly are the driving force of subscriptions uh, for for cable services and, and OTT bundles and everything else. So Live sports and and, and a pop, you combine the attractiveness of live sports with the sport of soccer, which is going to be popular, and then kids who grew up with the MLS being the norm as opposed to people who got to it later in life. I think that's what justifies the level of, of valuation that teams that people are putting on MLS clubs now.
1: What do you see as the future of the media deal? Do you see, because of the nature of the fan base, younger, skew, tech savvy? That MLS might be one of those leaders in sort of OTT push instead of the traditional linear television.
3: It's certainly possible. You know, not my. That's going on at the league level, and I, and I talk to those folks on a regular basis. But I think that's certainly possible. I think digital and that that next generation of of media rights uh, i think the mls will probably be one of the forerunners into that because you're right our demographics do skew younger we i think we have the youngest demographic out of the nfl mlb nba I think we're right there with the nba of having very young demographics compared to the mlb or the nfl so i do think there's a,
0: a real chance for us to be a uh you know, kind of a first mover in that space. Sam, what programs do DC United have to help the kids get into soccer today and hopefully one day become a member of DC United? Yeah, that's a great question. We have an academy
3: all around the DMV area with about a 75 mile footprint radius where we're out there attracting young players. And we're investing a lot into that now with the campus in Loudoun County that I referred to earlier, It's going to be about a fifty-plus million-dollar project, and we're going to run all of our academy programs through there, while still maintaining a couple of pitches in the district to make sure that we don't lose our connection to the to the city itself. Um, And we've had homegrown players, uh, a guy named Andy Nahar, who we got who we sold to a Belgian team, uh, who's been you know rumored to go to Premier League teams. Um, Bill Hamid who was a homegrown player who's now playing in Europe. We've had some real talent come through our our academy system and our next step is to kind of bring in more because the, the DMV is really a hot hotbed and we're investing in this Loudon campus and academy to help uh, energize that and bring in even even more of that and we hope that you know signing a player going back to the whole Wayne Rooney thing signing a player like Wayne and having him be a local sports icon will energize that even further. And there's already a a huge amount of of interest in youth soccer around our area.
1: I played some fairly high level soccer growing up. Is it still the same? Wheaton, Maryland, Reston, Virginia, Springfield. Those were the teams I remember playing that. Is that still the hotbed?
3: Yeah, I mean that area, Northern Virginia, all around between D.C. and Baltimore, all all hotbeds. Uh, Loudoun County, Arlington, Reston still may, er, you know remains a hotbed. All the hated Wheaton,
1: are, are... the Wheaton Bears. I hated them.
3: I did. It so had ne- I
1: just still I can Your nostrils still hear. Are still I can now. still hear the coach yelling, "Let's go, Bear!" I can still hear that coach. I can't. Couldn't stand them, but they were good. And the local
3: colleges are always uh, have really good college programs as well. UVA, Georgetown, Maryland are always amongst the strongest teams in the country from a college perspective. So it's it's bringing all that together and, and really being a you know a driving force for gro- the growth and development of the sport and, and a higher level of, of coaching and all the things that we plan to bring to the market and enhance what we already have.
1: We're chatting with Sam Porter, runs business and legal at D.C. United. Wayne Rooney's coming on board. Sam, you know what we hear from guys like Barr, and I don't, I don't know if this is still true. It seems like maybe he's seen the light, but people are coming over. These stars are coming over. Wayne's, what, 31? 32. 32. Coming, let's say, in the close of their career, MLS needs players in their prime. Uh, not going to happen in the next five years. I mean, the, the best of the best are still playing in the EPL, in Syria, in La Liga. Does that have to happen? Or is there room for a product that is the best soccer in the Americas? It doesn't have to be the EPL. You don't have to compete with the EPL. You just have to be what it is.
3: Well, I, I think you're. What you'll see is a combination of both. So we've seen this fantastic success story with Atlanta United. They they haven't won a championship or MLS Cup yet, but what they have done is uh, exceed everybody's expectations they from the attendance, house, and, seventy thousand, and they made the playoffs in year one. And they've been they're a really the, strong. You club. know why? Yeah.
1: Well, what's the best thing Arthur Blank did with that team? And we're going to see if others. And this is sports business. I want let Bar. Let's. I know this is big for you. The the community pricing it's like very
3: reasonably priced it's like yeah.
1: 2 bucks for a hot dog 3 bucks for an all you can drink bottomless soda wh- whatever the rule is like whatever the item would sell for in, in the 5 mile radius of the community that's what the price has to be in the stadium for all events i'm not going to break my household budget going to a game that's got to make a difference so
3: for them they they built an nfl stadium and they they i think to a degree they they've got the mls team in there thinking that it was going to be a Secondary programming opportunity for the for the building, and it ended up really connecting with the community. And, and where I was going with it is that they've done the the player model where they brought in young talent from South America and Central America, and those guys have been have been really good players, and they they've spent on them. And so I think with the MLS, it's you're, you're talking about is it. David Villa is it Wayne Rooney or is it these young guys? I think you can have a combination of both. Prior to us buying Wayne Rooney or bringing Wayne Rooney over, we our last several investments have been on Latin American players. We have uh, Paul Ariola, a, a designated player of ours, who's as uh, on the U.S. men's national team, but has dual Mexican American uh, citizenship. Um, we got a player from Argentina named Lucho Acosta, who was our previous highest spend on a transfer fee before that. So we've we're kind of in that space where we're doing a little bit of both. We want to bring in the young talent that makes sense that, that maybe isn't going for the huge transfer fees in Europe, but then bring in a guy like Wayne, which are, there aren't a lot of guys like Wayne, but a guy like that who can show leadership, who's been there and done it on the biggest stages time and time again, who can help develop our young guys and also still be
0: an absolute stud player on the pitch for us. Sam, you know why I've seen the light because you can bet on soccer (laughs) and being the heathen that I am, I have to ask this question gambling, and it's now going to be legal to any state that wants it. What is the impact on that for soccer in general? I think that soccer actually has a
3: really, a lot of existing models to look at because it's so it's the most popular sport in Europe by a mile and it's all betting has been legal on the sport there for for quite some time so you walk into the owner's suite
1: right before yeah. the game and they're taking bets
3: to a degree yeah and so that's going on in Europe so I think what the MLS can do and what these other leagues can do is take a look of how it's been existing there we can figure out some way to work with it here I think that's going to be largely up to the league to figure out how they best want to handle that. And I think the clubs will follow their lead in how to monetize it and work with it as, as this evolves, because it's still an evolving thing from our perspective. But certainly, there's a lot of uh, opportunity there.
1: So what else are you looking at? I mean, a lot of sports team owners looking at tech, they look at media, they look at real estate. We know the real estate part here. What else does the ownership ownership group look at and say, we should be playing in this sandbox? I think you hit on
3: the, the big ones. Obviously, real estate is a big thing. And, and you know, we look at our, our neighbors in the district uh, with the Washington Wizards, and they just build a training facility downtown. And you think about the room that a that a that a basketball team, an NBA team needs for a training facility is a, is a building. And you look at what a, a professional soccer team needs. You need many many pitches because you, you you have to have the academy, you have to have your second team, you have to have all these all these fields. So real estate is certainly a big part of it. And then and then tech with monitoring the players, uh, the best way to utilize their their strength, their conditioning, the sports science stuff. Those are all the big things. We're not a big group on getting away from the core. So the real estate, the, the tech when it comes to the sports science side, but we're not, I don't think looking at anything that's you know, media, of course, as well, but I don't think we're looking at anything outside of the box away away from those areas that, that I'm aware of. No Wayne Rooney channel coming to YouTube. <laughs> well, maybe there will but, be. That's a media aspect, but,
0: but uh, you know, yeah. Sam Porter, the Director of Legal and Business Affairs for DC United and Swansea City PC. Thank you, sir, for coming in and joining us. Thanks, guys. It was great. Takeaways. I am just really impressed with Sam about how he changed from being an agent to where he is now. Because my first thought is like, well, boy, there's a lot of money involved in being an agent. But- sometimes
1: sometimes yeah, thank you Jason Levian for getting him out of that business yeah, yeah.
0: exactly and so it, i guess it depends on you know what what you have ahead and he's obviously he's he's big in what he does
1: my takeaway is that we finally converted you into a believer at soccer and not one yeah. day going to arrive that it's a real thing maybe not the justification for the valuations that are out there we talked to Sam about that but in a world that is changing in a media perspective where you have ESPN Plus and everybody else has an OTT. This sort of product, younger demographic, tech savvy, there's a marketplace for that. There is value for that. And you can get in at a lower number than, say, a big four sport. So if you can get in and if soccer continues the pace and if everybody that thirst for content stays there's a good investment. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since i kids. a kid. It feels better to be number one than
0: number five. I wear the number because of Mike.
2: We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I
0: first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Time now for number of the week. <laughs> Love this one. This is one of those we discussed. <laughs> we Love discussed it. this Love one. Love it. Now, and, and now This is about bowling. Now I got to explain something. I used to Actually, I was I'll semi-pro. You, have a, you probably have a shirt on a what? I do. I, I'm not kidding. I, Wait, I, Colin Tipton wanna...
1: producing this week. We need We need an entire episode on the bowling past of Michael Barr. I was, Can we do this? I was a strong amateur involved in this. I won a couple of tournaments. I, and you put two fingers up. I a put couple. two fingers. High game. You. I mean, there's only one question for you ask a bowler. High game of? 299. Oh! Which frame did you miss?
0: I, I, obviously, the 10th frame. Oh. But it was the last shot I threw <laughs> and I left the nine
1: pin. It oh, all came got- in too strong. All but, right. Well, 299 should have been the number of the week, but we'll do the number
0: one. Number one, because I have never heard of this before. A bowler has actually been stripped of her medal. It happened to German bowler Laura Butner. I hope I'm You, you I know, know why you've name. never heard of it? It's, the first it's, it's first time it's happened. It's the first time it's ever happened. Right. That's why the number one, number one is there. First time it happened. Number one. At the twenty seventeen World Games, she won the gold medal. But then she tested positive for a banned substance. Both, now, both, su- both samples tested positive. What she tested positive for was hydrochlorothiazide. Now, what it is is that that's supposed to be a masking agent for
1: hiding something, right, obviously. You took something else, and then, then you, you take took this to hide it. Right. That happens all the time. That's why these masking agents are on the list of banned substances.
0: Now, she says she doesn't know
1: how this happened. That's the, that's the standard response. I don't know how this could have happened. You're a bowler. Tell me, what what advantage could you possibly get? Do you really get that winded in the 10th frame? Well, this is not
0: like cycling where it is about endurance or football or anything. Move it like on, Barr.
1: You're trying to make athletes out of this thing. Move I, it on, you know It's anyway. just number one, first time it's ever happened and just thought everybody would like to know about it. Well, thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We are here each and every week at the same time exploring the world of money and sports. I'm Michael
1: Barr on Twitter at Big Bar, sports. Big Bar, and I'm Scott Soshnick. You can follow me on Twitter at Soshnick. Thanks for joining us, and please tune in next week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry.
0: Thank Thank you, Scotty. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.